0: Welcome to an audio stream from San Marino Community Church, featuring our own pastoral staff and various guest speakers. Well, you'll see we've assembled ourselves up on a stage to have this amazing, courageous conversation. I think we we just owe Harlan a debt of gratitude for being able to be here today and share with us. And I just have a couple of probing questions for him, and I don't really want to talk too much. I just want to let... Harlan and some of the experiences that he's had in his life and how it's sculpted his ministry really uh, give us a chance to think about critically our own lives and how we can be more agents of reconciliation. So, welcome, Harlan, one more time.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: So, Harlan, um, there has been amazing video that has been shot about your wonderful uh, boss, I guess, like Uber boss, John Perkins, who is joining us in the traditional service. And um, he started a ministry called Harambe, which Harlan has been working with for how many
1: years? The last seven years.
0: Seven years. So uh, working in this ministry, working with his own, discovering who he is as a minister of Jesus Christ. And so there's just a couple of opening remarks you wanted to say, and then we have our video, of course.
1: Yeah. Um, The video about John Perkins' earlier life and how he grew up in a segregated South down in Mississippi uh, was sort of explained, sort of not only his brokenness by segregation, but also the redemption and, and wanting to follow Christ and and bring together that which was separated. And so, in the video, you get sort of a uh, a snapshot of that, and, and uh, we'll delve into the the meat, the meat of yeah. the scenario. So, uh, just thankful for the opportunity to come and share with you guys and be courageous uh, together. So, thanks. All right, let's watch. Up here, total segregation, and it was in that environment of segregation that we began to dream, or at least John began to dream, and I started back into that dream of how can we change this community from the inside out so that we can give people dignity, pride, self worth, and self esteem. John Perkins is a great man because he's lived out a big vision,
0: he's focused his life around the purpose that's a big purpose. And then all of that's driven by the gospel of Jesus Christ. This makes him a big man. And he has served that purpose <clears throat> faithfully, with focus, with passion, with intentionality all of his life.
1: He is not uh, just a talker. John Perkins is a doer. He's out there getting his hands dirty, working with these little communities and literally showing people how they can help themselves to a better life. So I grew without a mother. I grew a father.
0: I grew up without an intact family. I grew up without the institution of love. That's what. to make a couple comments on that and uh, lead us into a couple of opening thoughts.
1: Oh, wow. Where do you uh, begin? Mm-hmm. you want to segue into?
0: <laughs> it's a lot of weight.
1: It's a lot of weight. Um,
0: but it's where we came from as, right. uh, as the United States, and we all learned about it in history books, and a lot of us even lived it, and especially if you even lived in the South recently.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, race is such a difficult... Uh, topic for so many people, especially if you don't have uh, the experience or, or actually have a community of diverse individuals that you frequently mm-hmm. uh, are in relationship with and so it's such a challenge for most people to even enter that sort of space without having that sort of foundation um, and some of the things that I've learned is that it's it's so important to be more aware of yourself uh, when entering those spaces and and so so much of the discussion about race before we can even get there actually starts with how much you know about your own self, mm, mm-hmm. uh, and so it's like an infant, right? Uh, my 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 two week old son, I can't just say Dietrich, run, uh, and and so far In our society, some of the scenarios and incidents that take place, it kind of forces us to want to run before we actually have an understanding of ourselves and and how we actually impact the environment around us, mm. uh, and so. Uh, having those difficult conversations about race is is extremely difficult, and especially if you're the person that's impacted by it adversely. So it takes a lot of humility to enter those spaces, uh, and it takes a lot of humility to make progress in those spaces, and uh, humility isn't something that we, uh, you know, it doesn't overflow in our society, should I say. Uh, And so only through Christ Jesus that we begin to learn uh, how to love others through understanding God's love for us and, uh, and how we implement that. So,
0: Yeah, so you're talking about something that's a, a greater theological concept of uh, you yourself realize who you are and loving yourself and realizing your, your developmental stage where you are and working on yourself before you can really get to the next step, which is loving other people. Right. That's family, brothers and sisters. And then even further than that, is people that you find differences with. That's right. what you're saying, is it, is it all starts with you. It does. Yeah. And so there's this uh, big concept in, in the Bible, and you know, Harlan and I, because we've been theologically educated, called the imagio dei, which is a fancy word of saying, the image of God. Mm-hmm. And it says in Genesis chapter 1, the very beginning of the Bible, that everyone was created in the image of God. If you breathe in that thought process for a moment... The image of God is in everyone. Well, it means that if you have a problem with someone and how they are, how they're acting, how they're being, it means you really have a problem with God. Hmm. We just sit with that for a moment and we think about how impactful that is as our perspective of the world changes then. We are all created in the image of God. If we truly believe that, And that impacts how we treat others. I know that that has truly impacted how I want to treat other people. It's also impacted how I want to treat myself. Because we can dig into who we are and think, I'm not perfect, I'm not great. But if I realize that I'm created in the image of God, that God loves me no matter what, that's huge. And then that can begin to permeate onto my brothers and sisters. You had a story about someone who you loved in the image of God,
1: right.
0: and I, I really want you to tell that story.
1: Uh, so, a friend of mine, um, uh, who a guy I consider my friend, uh, for two years we kind of things have kind of become distant, and we're just texting each other, really not connecting or you know, having FaceTime like we're usually uh, used to, and I thought that was strange. And I know like there's this new term in a uh, Christianity called ghosting. Anybody ever heard that before? <laughs> so it's when these amazing Christian people, we kind of have disputes with one another, and we just disappear. Like, what happened to you? Know, you might find them at someone else's church or something. Uh, so finally, after just bothering him, it's like, man, we really need to get together. You know, he says, okay, come by the office and stuff, and we just, I mean, we sat and talked for about two hours, you know, yeah. just catching up because we, you know, maybe an hour for each year that we weren't Uh, seeing each other. And as I was going to my car and literally about to reach for the door handle, he says, you know, you really hurt me and I'm disappointed in you and so on and so forth. And I mean, I was I just felt so under attack because I'm like, I'm about to get in my car. You just dropped. We just talked for two hours. Uh, And he decided to, you know, let me know how he felt. And there was part of me that was more hurt that I had hurt him. Right. And and that's his truth and his perspective. But there was something going on inside of me that I didn't respond to him like I should have or I've been conditioned to respond to him. And and inside of me, there was this battle. There was this tug of war because I wanted inside of me, I was going through the Rolodex of evidence (laughs) to be able to prove to this guy just how wrong he was. And I didn't do what he thought or perceived. But in that moment, I can hear God saying, "Harlan, this is not how we win." And something happened because you know I'm born in the night Ward of New Orleans. Like I grew up in an environment where people use their use physicalness to, to settle disputes, right? Uh, and so, in being a man, you know, I wanted to defend myself. Uh, and show this guy and not let him get the upper hand. You know, we don't want to, we don't wake up in the morning and says, you know, I want to take a loss today. <laughs> right? I want to be in a losing bracket. And so all of those engines were roaring up inside of me and, and I can feel the spirit of God come over me and says, you know, table those ideas. And I responded to this guy in such a way it kind of threw him off. Right? Because he's ready. I think he saw something boiling up inside of me too. He's like, shoot, I just told him right before he get in his car and <laughs> This guy's twice my size. Uh, (laughs) And I said, you know, I really feel loved right now that you would care enough to tell me the truth. Now, I'm more shocked at what I just said than the look on his face. It felt so Mr. Rogers to me. Like, I was kind of like, Harlan, what are you saying? I've never said those words to anybody. But I'm telling it to this guy right now. And in that moment, what was more important, more than my ego, more than my pride, was reconciling to this individual. And I can hear God speaking to me. He says, Harlan, this is how we progress. This is how we heal. This is how we reconcile. In order to do that, somebody has to take the hit. Right, one of the reasons we know our spouses love us, because they tell us the truth, mm-hmm. however painful it may be. Right, because if you're a good husband like I am, as soon as my wife brings up an issue, I, I, you know, quickly remind her of her issue. <laughs> right, uh, that's what good husbands do. Right. I remember one time my wife said she said, "Harlan, you can be insensitive at times," and I remember I was like, "Well, what about you?" You know, but you know, I did some reflecting, and guess what I found out. I could be insensitive sometimes. And so in this relationship with my friend, I can hear God saying, in order for people to heal, in order for people to progress, somebody has to take a hit. And in that moment, it was me. In that moment, it was me. And I didn't like the feeling, but I can sense God moving and reconciling this relationship. And so I took that notice, like, who's going to take the hit? And you see a divided country that we live in, nobody wants to take hit the hit. In our American conditioning, that's not a part of our wiring. But God is saying, this is how we win. And we all know that Jesus came and took the hit for every last one of us. And so in the image of God, and how do we model Christ to others? How do we take the hit for others in our relationships with our spouses, with other family members, coworkers? And so after I'm driving off in my car, and as awkward and weird as that felt, Something came over me. I was like, huh, is there somebody else out there I've offended who's not telling me? So I became like, my name is Earl, right? I started going through a (laughs) list of folks, and I started contacting people. And of course, folks were like, Harlan, you're crazy. Like, what are you talking about? We're cool. I've just been busy. That's why we haven't been able to meet and such. But it was this euphoria that came over me that realized it's like, this is really the kingdom work, and how do we help people heal around us? And so when you get to the discussion about race, Part of why race is so challenging for many of us is because we don't actually have a culture of reconciliation in our own lives. Mm-hmm. Right? So how do we reconcile with someone we've never met before? Right? We don't have the experience of reconciling with people who are the same as us. I have a friend. He's 62 years old. His mom is 80. And he said, in 80 years, I've never heard her admit any fault. That'll create a scenario uh, when it comes to being able to reconcile that hit. Somebody has to take the hit. The humility has to be there in order to make progress uh, when people are hurting. And and Matthew 5, 24, it says, uh, you know, if you come to leave your gift at the altar, but notice you've offended your brother, leave your gift and go back and reconcile. And just the symbolism of the altar to be able to be aligned and be right with God those things can't take place until we're reconciled to one another, and I think we're just constantly in a uh, on the hamster wheel of trying to uh, offer this worship up to Christ, and God is saying, "But your brother, mm-hmm. what about your brother?" And and Martin Luther King said it best. Uh, he said, "I'm trying to convey to the white man that my desire is to be his brother, not his brother-in-law." Mm-hmm. And that's where I think we are uh, uh, in the scenario of, of, of race in our society. And so I, John Perkins talks about the sort of broader context of it, of, of how do we reconcile and move forward? I'm, I'm going back to the infancy of it. It's like, how do we start in our own personal relationships, in our own lives? So then we, are, we have some tools to actually be able to reach out to others uh, who are different from us.
0: Yeah, I really think that's an important point that you bring up, because we want to get at the the thing that's far away, but really we need to be working on our own, close to home, and then the next step, and the next step, it's like we have to learn how to crawl, and then walk, and right. then we can run. Right. And this idea of reconciliation is, does, isn't is just in Genesis, isn't just in Matthew, but it's also in uh, Corinthians, and Paul talks a lot about it, and you guys all know from Uh, studying the scripture that Paul is like the applicator of the Gospels. And so we have our scripture for today. And I think we just need to breathe it in for a moment because it really calls us to be reconcilers and agents of reconciliation. It's a big word. It's something that needs a little unpacking. I think if we read it and we understand it, it'll be um, a little bit for us today. It goes like this. So if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation, Everything old has passed away. And see, everything has become new. All is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ, and he has given us a ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting the message of reconciliation to us. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So we asked this question of how are we to be agents of reconciliation? And you've given us a lot of different interesting ways that you have tried that in your own life. How can we do that as a church? And perhaps there's been some other models that you've seen. And perhaps even talk a little bit about your work with Harambe.
1: Yeah, I think that the idea of reconciliation, it, it goes, it's, it's, It's so vast in the sense of in our uh, realigning back to Christ and realigning with one another. Uh, And just like helping at-risk folks or or people from low-income environments, uh, the same need is there, just like they are in wealthy environments, is to be one with Christ Jesus, right? Uh, And we do that work every day at Harambe. Um, uh, But it actually, for me, I have to be able to partake in that reconciliation in my own home before I leave out of the house to go and help someone else uh, do the same thing. And so uh, and that's the true work within that we, uh, uh, like David said, uh, uh, you know, created me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me uh, before we can go and help others who need help in in advancing themselves and growing spiritually um, and maturing in their faith.
0: Well, thank you so much for joining us for this conversation. I, I want to invite you to pray for us as a congregation um, as we feel a little bit more empowered about how we can be agents of reconciliation and for our own selves. Uh, would, you, would you pray yes. for us as we go out?
1: Lord, uh, we just thank you for this opportunity. Um, and even as I was speaking, Father God, if there's anyone who thought of someone that they need to be reconciled with, Father God, a family member, a co-worker, or a significant other, Father God. I pray that you would take the little bit of courage that we have, Father God, that we may pick up the phone or text or however we communicate, Father God, to, to say, I volunteer to, to take the hit that someone else may be healed, uh, that we may progress, Father God, in our relations with one another and our relations with others that you've created in your image, Father. Thank you for your Holy Spirit and your grace and mercy. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank
0: you, Harlan.